We are so glad that you guys are all with us here this morning. My name is Tom, and I'm one of the leaders here at Crossroads. And I'm going to be uh, sharing a little bit with you this morning from the book of James. We've been working our way through the book of James. It's a New Testament book written by Jesus' little brother James, and um, with a lot of really practical uh, ideas, applications, things that we as Christ followers should recognize in ourselves, and if we don't see them in ourselves, it should cause us to stop and say, what's going on? We need to check ourselves. So this morning, we're going to be talking about the idea of our, our words, and unless you are you know, a Nepalese goat herder, you probably hear thousands of words a day, some t- tens of thousands of words a day, um, and over the last couple of days, being a holiday, you probably heard even more words than usual. Some of those words may have been good. Some of those words may have been not so good. Um, and I could say the same thing is true of me and throughout my entire life. Um, you know, growing up until, so just in your mind's eye, try to picture this, okay? My head has been this big since this time I was 10 years old, right? So I got these little tiny feet, this huge head, stiff wind blows, I'm in trouble. Um, but as a result, I got picked on a lot as a kid the neighborhood kids, the kids at school, so much so to like to the extent that when um, we moved to a new school, I, wouldn't go to, I didn't go to recess for the better part of a year because I was afraid of what would happen at recess. I would fake being sick every day at 1045. Everybody, you know, caught on to the fact, except I didn't think, you know, I thought I was smarter than everybody. Um, and even, even as an adult, right, unfortunately, stuff like that doesn't end with, with childhood. Uh, more of it in terms of of ridicule. I've had people tell me that my job is a joke, right? And even, even just sometimes in, um, I'm not sure what the word is, but with no, no malintent, people say, well, what do you do the rest of the week? You only work one day a week, right? <laughs> um, so, you know, our words are powerful. And the other side of that coin is our words can be powerful, powerful agents of truth and good and hope in people's lives, right? So I had coaches who told me from a really early age that I was a leader and that I could do things that I didn't think I could do. And I had, I had mentors who told me that they saw ministry in my future and that I would lead people for God way before I even thought about it. And I had pastors who saw gifts in me who gave me an opportunity to use those gifts and to grow those gifts. And fortunately, I've had more of those positive, productive, generative words spoken into my life than I've had negative words. Because you see, folks, we are, in large part, Jerry, if you could put this up so folks can read it as I'm saying it, we are, in large part, a product of the words that are spoken to us, at us, and about us. Therefore, we have a tremendous amount of power over those around us. And um, for those of you who are Spider-Man fans, you will recognize the quote, with great power comes great responsibility, right? We have got to be ever mindful of our words. So a couple things we're going to do differently this morning. Um, I want you to be aware that this is kind of like part two of a message that David Carlson gave a couple weeks ago called, Are You Listening? So the, the words of these two messages kind of go together um, as, as bookends, if you will. Uh, secondly, I've, I've said we've been working through the book of James, and I've, we've been going through in order. For today, I've pulled 
some of the verses out of order. So we're going to look at little chapter 1, little chapter 3, little chapter 4, because they're all about the same thing. It's all about the, the power of our words. And lastly, and I thought, um, do I say this, do I not? Because for some people, this will just be entirely distracting. For other people, they will appreciate the few minutes of preparation. Um, I'm going to turn the end of this over to you, and we're going to pass a microphone around, and we're going to be able to practice a little bit about what we're talking about right now and the power of using our words productively. Sound good? You guys are all excited about that, right? Yeah. All right. Jerk, could we put up uh, James 126? Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. So James uses this phrase, deceive themselves, a couple different times, and it's a, it's a word, it's a mathematical word, it means a miscalculation. And when he uses it, each time he's referring to this miscalculation we make in our minds when we think that, well, if I read my Bible and I pray and I give and I serve, I'm good. James is saying, okay, if you do those things, but you still have a potty mouth, and you still gossip, and you're still critical, and you're still negative, and you're still hurtful, then you need to stop and check yourself. Otherwise, that stuff, the Bible reading and the prayer and the, and the giving, it's just that. It's just religion. If our words should be one of the loudest, clearest vital signs that we have, if what's coming out of us is productive and positive, then there's good evidence that we're tracking with Jesus. If it's not, James keeps coming back to this idea of external appearances and how external appearances will, will just fall apart. Right? If our heart and our mind are not for Jesus and with Jesus and given to Jesus, then we can't do it. John did a great job last week talking to us about how works don't earn us a place with Jesus, but without them, we can be pretty sure that we're not walking with Jesus. We need those two things to go together. Jerry, let's put up the next uh, chunk of scripture. So this is chapter 3, the first couple of verses. This is like uh, verses 1 and 2. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. All right, so this, this basically comes down to the idea of math and motives. People who teach, people who speak for a living, they're just going to use more words. There's going to be more opportunity there's going to be a higher percentage chance that they're going to misspeak, they're going to say something wrong, whether intentionally or unintentionally. James is kind of here more addressing the intentional um, misleading of people. And that leads into the second part of this, is motives. There is a, a dark side to being up here. Right? Sometimes people look up here and that would be cool if I were up there. I get to wear the cool headset. I get to be the center of attention. I can move people towards my agenda and get them thinking the right way, because my way is the right way. Those who teach are going to be held accountable to why they're up here, not just the words that come out of their mouth, not just the math, but the motives behind it. Next set of verses, please, Jeremy. 
When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal, or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal, or take ships as an example. Although they are large, oh, Jared, did we change verses? Can we go to the next, there's no next slide? There we go, thank you. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. <clears throat> so you're going to get the idea of going through, like James feels really strongly about this and really wants the folks that he's addressing to watch, to watch their words. But this idea of you don't, there doesn't need size. Size is not a requirement for power. Um, when you think about, I, I didn't know anything about bits that go in, I've never been anywhere around a horse before. Um, so I looked it up. A bit that goes in a horse's mouth weighs about a pound and a half. A horse can weigh anywhere from 800 pounds to a ton, to 2,000 pounds. And all it takes is the guy sitting on the back of the horse, the gal sitting on the back of that horse, to tug on that little one and a half pound piece of metal, and it will turn the horse in either direction. It can make the horse go straight. It can stop the horse dead in its tracks. Same thing, Jeremy, put up that picture of the, the ship, please. This I'm a little more familiar with. I grew up on, on sailboats. There's a very small part of the ship at the back, the rudder, that the captain or the helmsman will use to guide the ship. The same is true. This thing works by redirecting the flow of water. And if the person using it does not know what they're doing, boat's going to go off course, right or left. It could actually stop the boat dead in its tracks. You turn that thing too far to one side or the other, and the boat will just stop. All of that, the bit, the rudder, all of the same can be said of our tongue, the words that come out of our mouths. It can guide us to the right or to the left, or it can put what we're doing to a dead stop. So here's the, here's the thing. The, the bit, the rudder, our mouths, none of them really make much difference if the horse, the boat, the person is not moving. So here's how I'd like us to think about this for a second. Motion is, motion is everything, right? If, um, if we, from a preventative standpoint, if we are going and we find that we are always the one doing all the talking, all the talking, when we go someplace, there's always some kind of ruckus. When we go someplace, there's division. When we go someplace, somebody gets hurt. That's the power of our words. So the first thing we have to do is stop. Yes, absolutely stop speaking, but stop moving. Stop going. Stop going to this person and saying, hey, did you hear what so-and-so did? Stop going to this person and ripping up the other person. You stop going and you stop moving and you check yourself. Why, why do I feel like I have to go tell Ronnie what Susie said? Has nothing to do with Ronnie. 
Why do I feel like I have to go tell Tammy how horrible Jimmy is? Why am I doing that? Did Jimmy hurt me? Is Jimmy hurting himself or somebody else? We stop and we think and then we go. Right? This is the line we used to use with my boys all the time when they were growing up. Stop, think, go. When we stop, we give ourselves a moment to think about what our motives are, why we're saying what we're about to say, who we're saying it to, what the result is going to be. And then we go. On our way, we go. This can become proactive rather than preventative. We can say positive, productive things. We can speak truth and hope and life into people. And I, I want to give to you a couple of different ways. Um, first is, is words of healing and forgiveness. We can say, I'm sorry. We can ask for forgiveness. We can speak words of uh, encouragement and appreciation. Just telling somebody you acknowledge what they did was difficult or, or was awesome. We can speak words of gratitude. We're coming out of Thanksgiving weekend, right? How simple it is just to say thank you. To let somebody know that you appreciate what they did for you. Um, this idea of, of vision casting. Somebody says to you, I see in you. I see in you a powerful person of prayer that could move mountains with your prayer. I see in you the potential to be a leader. People are following you. You speak truth into somebody's life about what you see in them. And maybe, maybe the two most powerful types of positive, productive words you have are scripture, right? You can share scripture with somebody. If you know it in your head, or maybe you're reading the Bible in the morning or at night, and God's just like, you know what? You really need to take this verse and go tell Susie this verse. You just feel that, that impression. Or maybe you're in a conversation at work or at school, and somebody says something about Jesus or about church or about what, whatever it might be that opens the door. And you respectfully defend scripture. Or you pray for somebody. Right? Somebody's sharing with you they're going through a hard time. Or maybe something awesome happened. You can just you can say, hey, can I pray with you? And I've asked in different situations and stuff over the course of my life a lot of people that. And I've only had one person say no thanks. So the odds are really good that people are going to say yes. All right, so preventative, stop, think, go. Proactive, those positive, powerful, truthful, truthful words. Jerry, let's go on to the next, next set of verses. Nope, keep going. There you go. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? Next one. My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. I read a really nice, pithy, two-word explanation of these verses. Impossible incongruity. Two things that cannot go together. Fig tree is not going to bear olives. 
right? Fresh water is not going to come from, from salt. If you are sitting in here and you got your hands up and you're singing and you're amening, that's great. Do it. 45 minutes, four days, four weeks from now, you should be speaking truth in positive, productive ways into people's lives. That's good and right, and that's how it should work. If, however, you find yourself out and you're Jesus this and you're Jesus that, and then 30 seconds later you're dropping F-bombs and you're talking about somebody behind their back, you need to check yourself, right? That's that vital sign going off. You need to stop and think about what you're doing. We need to remember at this point, right, there is no, there is no amount of positive, productive, truthful words that we can speak that will earn us a place with Jesus. And at the same time, there is no, um, no amount of, of gossip or foul language that can come out of your mouth that can make Jesus love you any less. Now, that is not a license to be horrible people. That that is just an explanation of it is about God and his grace and us allowing him the place in our hearts that was created for him to be the number one and most important thing in, in our lives. All right, next verse. Okay, brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or who judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? So throughout his entire book, James is usually like, let's go, we got this team, we can do this, let's go. His tone changes here in that last line that I highlighted. But you, who are you? Right, he's like, he's pointing a finger and he's saying, this, we need to pay really close attention to this. Yes, because we're hurting people with our words, but more importantly, because it's an offense, it's an affront to the God of the universe for two reasons. One, every single person that you ever meet, ever will meet, is created in God's image. And I know sometimes that's really hard to fathom because people can be mean, people can be cruel, people can be horrible, gross, just not fun to be around. Even the smallest bit of Jesus in somebody, which is present because we were made, every one of us in his image, deserves our very best. Because people are made in God's image, they deserve our best, and that includes our words, not judgment or slander. The second thing is, God's word, the Bible, is a reflection of his character. It's a representation of his perfect will and character. And when we choose, whether it's our words or anything else, but in this example, our words, when we choose to speak against other people, to judge other people with our words, to the Bible uses the term slander here, right? When we choose to speak against other folks, it's as if we're saying, you know what, God? All the rest of this stuff, you knew what you were talking about, but I know better than you on this one. It's okay for me to, to do this. Because we destroy the image of God in other people when we judge them and talk against them, and because we choose to say, God, I know better than you, 
That's why James is so uppity in these verses and different than he is in the other ones. This, is about, this isn't about breaking a bad habit. Yes, cursing is a bad habit. Gossiping is a bad habit. But this is about way more than breaking a bad habit. This is about our mind and our heart for Jesus. And with those things in, in the right place and focused on the right things, then what comes out of our mouths is going to be good and positive and productive. In Luke 6.45, Jeremy, if we could put that one up. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. This is Jesus talking to, um, talking to some folks about the importance, where importance lies. And it's the things come from within us. Those are the important things that flow out of us. Our words are incredibly, incredibly powerful, folks. Um, I joke around a lot when I'm up here about how difficult I am to live with. And for the most part, it is joking around. Um, but recently, um, I've been like really short with Gail and, and the boys. And they've done nothing wrong, nothing to deserve it, just me being a jerk. Um, and I was reading, uh, I was reading a, an Instagram post about somebody who's in the middle of a, a hard workout and their training partner was yelling at him, stop feeling sorry for yourself. And I had this aha moment, this Kairos moment. I'm like, I'm feeling sorry for myself. Holy Spirit speaks through Instagram, folks. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> I'm feeling sorry for myself. And I, I realized, like, because I was feeling sorry for myself, I was allowing this anger to fester with inside me, and Gail and the boys were taking the brunt of it. And... I had to stop, and I had to refocus, take my eyes off of the hard things that had overwhelmed me and caused me to be in that place, refocus on Jesus, look up, go to them and apologize, say I'm sorry, and then move on. Um, and even that apology, like, you know, like I said, that, that's the first part, the first thing that I listed is some of those powerful words. All right, so I've been up here blabbering on for long enough. Now it's going to be y'all's turn. I'm going to give you guys an opportunity. There's going to be a microphone. Adam, you feel like running? Okay. Adam's going to run a microphone for us. Um, and I'm going to give you guys an opportunity to speak some of these positive, productive words. Right? Remember I said healing and forgiveness. Appreciation and, and encouragement. Gratitude. Vision casting prayer and praise of God, and then scripture, right? So here's, like, if you're sitting here and we're going through this and you got stuff on your heart and mind, and maybe you're not in a place where you feel like you can, you can do this out loud, you can go in the back of the room, the folks in the prayer space, they'll pray with you. Positive, powerful, productive words. The most powerful, productive words we have, prayer, right? Um, if you feel like getting up and going and praying for somebody, go ahead and do that. But and while everything else is going on, it's, it's fine. People are talking, we'll just, we'll, we'll make that happen. So um, this is always difficult to be the first one. But we're going to give you guys an opportunity 
to say something cool about somebody else. I just wanted to say that Scott Hubner, is he here, inspires me because he uh, is always willing to get out of his comfort zone and, uh, and go forward and, and follow what he's being told to do, even if it doesn't sound like uh, something he wants to do. Oh, and he just walked in the room. You need to say it again. <laughs> Scott, we're talking about you. <laughs> Thanks, Ed. Who else? I want to say that John is awesome, scruff. <laughs> um, he is a blessing to our kids, and I'm very happy to be here and, you know, have him a part of our life. Thank you, Melba. John is our, also known as Scruff, uh, is our student ministries director. He works with our high school kids and our middle school kids. I'm really good with silence, so we can sit here. You see, I'm... Can Just you hear keep me? it right there. Yep, right close, right on your chin. On my chin? Okay. That works. <laughs> um, I just have to speak about the people that sit next to the right of me, Marie and Jim. They saved me by picking me up and bringing me here, where I am so happy. Amen. Because <laughs> I only cry when I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jim and Marie. Anybody else? Adam up here. Oh, Gail. Uh, I was just thinking, I had uh, the opportunity to have coffee with Angelo a couple weeks ago, and um, I just see who's playing drums right now, but I just see such um, leadership in him just that comes completely from a desire to serve, a servant leader. Hey, Noah, there's a slide of like those things, those types of positive words. Can you put that up? It's like towards the bottom. There you go. Just in case you need a little prompting. Yeah, I'm sitting next to a really great gal. And I just appreciate Karen for the fact that she really does for people. She doesn't just say it. I've heard and seen her do extraordinary things in simplest of ways by helping a neighbor or helping, you know, a friend or reach out to someone she doesn't even know. She is a true true representative of, of working for Jesus. That's awesome, Gail, thank you. And that's Karen Gail sitting next to Gail, just to make sure we fully embarrass her. <clears throat> hi, I just want to say a big healing hi to Dee and Fred's families over there. Thank you for being with us today. And Dee, you have been such 
an encouragement to me as a mum. <laughs> I've learnt so much from you already. You're an amazing woman and as a family, we're all heartbroken with you guys, but we love you so much and we pray for you. We're going to be praying for you as we have been and just thank you for being in my life so far and um, it's been a real honour to sit with you and I hope that we get lots of other chances to do that too. I'd just uh, like to give a little praise for Natalie Samuelson. She's always uh, sending out cards of encouragement to people, always looking to lift them up. Thanks, Rich. I thank, uh, I thank the Lord for the Holy Spirit who works in each and every one of our lives. Um, I was down at... Uh, Social Security about uh, two weeks ago, and it sat next to a woman. And just striking up conversation, and she was a believer. And just how we share in the same Heavenly Father. We're of different backgrounds, and yet the common bond that, you know, between us is the knowledge of the Lord yep. and being able to. Uh, uh, in reflection of things going on these days, uh, a lot of dark things, and yet within that, God's light shines. Right, and that's that's true out when we're out, like Social Security office. We're in here, right? God brings together very different people from all different backgrounds with all different experiences, and we have the power in these words. I'm squeezing at the screen back there. We have the power in these words to be healing, right, and to be unifying and to bring people together, and it's because of the love of Jesus working through us. Maybe one or two more. You guys are doing this exactly right. Make Adam work as hard as he can. You gotta run from side to side. Um, so recently I've felt the need to start memorizing scripture more, and um, a while back when I was in high school, I wanted to memorize the book of Mark, and I got through like the first chapter and a half, and I lost it kind of but I've recently been getting back into that and doing that now is so much more encouraging because I have people like in the community that come up to me and they're like hey say Mark 1 to me because I have that down so far and um, it's I, I can't say right now but I could but I don't want to be talking for like 10 minutes no no right right <laughs> but it's just encouraging to see people that want to see me get closer to God and uh, focus more on that. And that's awesome. Yeah, that's and there's awesome. some some guys in your life who are a little bit further down the road of faith who have modeled that behavior for you and have, have like taught you some ways to do that. Patrick? I'll keep this short. I have four people, if that's oh, okay. Boy. I'm going to start with uh, Emma. She's here from, I think, Washington, right? Uh, two years ago, we went on an Africa trip, and she shot, taught me just enough salsa to be able to dance with a bunch of Kenyan kids. <laughs> uh, so thank you. I forgot it all. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and I'm going to lump these three together. Uh, Tom K., Rich, and Heidi. Uh, they've been really good friends to me and leaders to me over the years who have taught me a lot about the Bible. Uh, there have been multiple occasions where Tom and Rich... Um, have given up a couple hours of the day just to help me work through a question that I had 
um, and they've prayed for me a lot, and Tom K. gave me a hug on Tuesday. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, thanks. Cool. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap us up, and I'm just going to, um, where is he? I want to thank Marvin for following um, God's call on his life, uprooting his family from Indiana and, and coming here to the great state of Connecticut. Um, I, you know, I found out this morning that there was some paperwork stuff that had to happen behind the scenes that I didn't, it, and it happened. I didn't even know about it. I didn't have to do anything, and it just happened. And it's because of Marvin, and it's because of Leanne, and I'm like, Thank you, Jesus. That was just like the, the, such a big gift to me. Um, it seems like a little thing, but it's a huge gift. So, folks, as we, as we head out from here, right, we have tremendous power over those around us because, because so much of who we are is a product of the words that are spoken to us, at us, and about us. And we need to, we need to take that very, very, very seriously. And those words, right, we look up at Jesus and we praise him and we thank him and we lean in and we can encourage and support and challenge each other with our words and we reach out to the people who are hurting and lost and maybe don't know Jesus or who have a, a, just a, a material need. And we can meet them with words of loving kindness that represent Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, thank you uh, so much for this morning. Thank you for each and every person that's here. God, I thank you that it's no accident that each person is here in this room this morning, that, um, that you knew a long time ago that they would be here. And we thank, you, um, we thank you that you have given us the gift of words, and we thank you that when we allow you into our hearts, um, that what comes out is powerful and productive and, and positive and life-giving. Father, may we be the kind of people um, that are like just water, um, water on plants, God, that, that our words would be nourishing and refreshing and revitalizing and restoring. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you. Amen. Hey, so um, Leanne is going to work her way back up here, and she's got some very important information for y'all.